Hey, I'm Jeff Lynch, and I'm one of the pastors here at Compassion Church in beautiful Danville, Virginia. We love it that you have found us here online. Here's this week's message. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today in this last message in this series called Honor from the title of a message that I'm simply calling No Honor Among Thieves. No Honor Among Thieves. And I'm choosing this, this title because um, we're talking honor and we want to be people who learn to, to honor God, right? right? We talked some about priority and putting Him in first place. We've got to learn to honor God, but we also need to learn to honor other people. And so, no honor among thieves, as I thought about that this week. You know, I was talking with a friend earlier this week, and he was telling me about a time in his life when, when he came home and thieves had broken into his home and stolen a bunch of stuff. Stolen a bunch of stuff. And it made me think, man, we, we, um, we spend a lot of time and money and energy and effort thinking about things like, well, how do we protect our home, right? Our home's important to us, so we put locks on it, and we put cameras up, and we put alarm systems. But how much time, how much energy, how much wisdom and thought do we put into protecting the things that God sees precious in us? Listen to me, church. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know where life has taken you. I don't know the decisions you've made that have led you to the reality that you're living in right now. But whatever your current circumstance is, there's an enemy that wants to speak and tweak and lie into your mind and tell you you're never going to, you're not good enough, it's never going to change, you've always been that, and it's just blah, 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 blah. But you have a God who created you before you were ever born, with a plan that he wants to do amazing and great things for you, through you. But when that enemy gets his teeth into your spirit, and when you start believing what that little troll of a devil is saying to you, more than the God who created you, you find yourself in a place where you're stuck. And God wants to do amazing things, man. He wants to arm you so that you can continue on your mission. Because there's an enemy who wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of your purpose, and he wants you to live a life that is fruitless. He wants you to live a life that is fearful. And I'm just telling you, God's not going to stand for it. He has a plan for you. And so, no honor among thieves. We're going to live lives of honor when we follow what God shows us to do. So, so let's look at some of the thieves that want to rob the joy from our life. Here, here are some of the thieves I want you to be on the lookout for. Here's the first one. It's the thief of constant grumbling. Come on, somebody. Now, now listen, look straight ahead. I don't want you to look to the side. Anybody you know, don't raise your hand. You know anybody that's a constant grumbler. Just wink at me. It's okay. You don't have to, you know, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Man, I know we all get a little irritated sometimes, but do we have to be constantly grumbling and whining about stuff? Come on now. Y'all know what it's like when you roll up into Walmart. I've heard y'all in those lines talking about, oh, yeah, I got 42 of these stations in here. Why can't we open one of them? Got a self-checkout. Can we not open that? Why can't I check out all these people? Why can't, why can't, why can't? And why can't we get a parking place? And why, 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 why? We grumble and we complain and we whine, but man, God did not call the people that he died for, people that he went to all kinds of lengths to rescue, people who, man, he's shown up in some of y'all's lives. Now, come on. We've sat and had conversations. I know what God's rescued some of us from, and he's not brought us from where we were to be people who are constantly grumbling and whining. He's saying, let's look ahead on where we're going. 
So I want to take us this morning to the book of Philippians. <clears throat> Philippians is a book that's characterized as being a book that's filled with joy. Anybody need a little joy? You can raise your hand. Anybody need a little joy in your life today? Well, in Philippians, Paul is in prison, man. He's, he's, he's like on a house arrest kind of deal because, because he's going into these cities and he begins telling people about the good news of Jesus and the people who are in power don't want him spreading this gospel and so they're attacking him and they're imprisoning him and he is going to tell his people, man, um, there's some things we need to talk about. Look at Philippians 2. We'll be in chapter 2 and chapter 4 today. In Philippians 2, verse 14, Paul says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Oh, Lord, we done started out right there. That's going to be a problem. Mm. He didn't say do some things. He says do everything without grumbling or arguing. And then he, he, he says that and he turns around and he says, here's why I want you to do that. Do this because. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Now stop right there. If we're going to infer something right there, he says, do, it, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. But if I am grumbling, if I am arguing, what's that saying? It's saying that I have blame, that I'm not pure. And God has called us to be people, that we can go into the city where we live. Come on now, I look at you guys. I look around this room and I see people of influence. And people are watching what you're doing. If you're constantly grumbling. You're constantly on Facebook arguing with somebody about what the president did or didn't do. What are they seeing in you? Are they seeing Jesus or are they seeing you? Look at what he says. Don't believe me? Keep reading. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Come on, somebody. We are to be in this world and not of it. we got to be different, y'all. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. his people to be different and I'm not sure what you're hearing right now but as I'm reading this and I'm trying to hear what the Holy Spirit of God is saying to me right now he's telling us man he wants to do something amazing in us I'm not sure if we get the magnitude of the mission that God's calling us into like we are a collective people but are we going to be just like they are He's saying, look, there's an enemy that wants to rob you of everything. Man, we love when we come to church and we can get all fired up because God wants to do great things in us. God wants to do great things through us. But why do we then go right back out into a world and look just like they do? He's saying, I've called you to shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Paul is this father of the faith, looking at these children who've become believers, and he wants so badly for them. Dad's in the room, mom's in the room. You know what this looks like, man. You want your kids to do more than you did. You want them to have better. You want them to experience the best. And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I didn't run in vain. I didn't labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, and he was, man, Paul gave up his life so that, so that he could go to people even though he knew he would, be, he would be mocked. He would be beaten. He would be shipwrecked. They would be trying to kill him all the time, and eventually they would chop his head off. He said, I don't care. I'm going to do this thing because it matters. 
even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering. On the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I want you to know, man, when that grumble, that grumble thief starts showing up in your mind, you got to get this in your mind. That, that thing that presents itself to you that says, let's just grumble about some stuff. Let's complain. Let's, let's bicker and whine and let's be like them. And yak, 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 yak. You have a choice. Come on, I'm going to read y'all some Billy Graham. That's my guy right there. Anybody love Billy Graham? Anybody still love Billy Graham even though he's not with us anymore? Billy Graham says grumbling and gratitude are for the child of God in conflict. Be grateful and you won't be grumble. You won't grumble. Grumble and you won't be grateful. Look, let me put it in plain English for you. You're going to have one of them in your mouth. You're going to either be grumbling about something or you're going to be grateful about something. Which one is it going to be? Choose one of them and spit the other one out. I can't tell you what to do, but if I can tell you how to, how to lay out a path that's going to make things better for you, it would be, it'd be better for you to get a word of praise in your mouth. It would be better for you if you started thinking about the things that God's done for you. It would be better for you instead of grumbling about what you don't have and why it's not working out and when he was president and when she was the governor and he was this and this was the boss. Instead of the grumbling, if you could just get a word of praise and say to somebody, let me tell you what my God's done for me. Come on, somebody. Has God done anything for anybody in this room today? Man, it's quiet in here. I feel like I'm preaching to the carpet right now. I need somebody to talk back to me. I need somebody to know that God has done some things in your life and he's laying it out. There's a thief that wants to kill you, but I'm telling you good news today, and that good news is that he can't have any control over your life that you don't let him have. But if you keep continuing to choose to do the grumbling and arguing, you're going to keep getting the same stuff you've been getting. Second thief. Thief of constant comparison. Oh, Lord, he done went there. Comparison. That's not me. Yeah, it is. Philippians 4. Same Paul. This same Paul. Man, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That at last, your renewed concern for me. That you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you didn't have any opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Listen to this next phrase. I have learned to be content. Can I just get you to say content right now? Say content. Say it one more time. Content. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. This brother knew what it was to be in need. This man had given up his life. He was in the king's court, all right? Come on, he was, he was in the top echelon of the people of his time. He was learned and educated, and he was on the rise to be one of the top guys. And he was, he was revered, he was educated by the foremost educators, and then Jesus showed up and wrecked his life. Some of y'all know what that's like. And he went from having everything to being shipwrecked and beaten. And as I said earlier, chased down to where we'd eventually be killed. And he says, I've been through it. I've had everything. I know, verse 12, what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret, there's that word again, of being content in any and every situation. Whether I'm well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. Y'all ever heard this next verse, Philippians 4, 13? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, some of y'all miss that verse, and you, you, you take the part of I can do all things. No, you can't. You cannot do all things. 
But you can do everything that He's called you to do when He equips you with everything that you need. When, when He puts your feet on the path to go to the places and the people and the circumstances and the situations, God's going to call you. I don't know how else to tell you this. When you follow Jesus, He's going to lead you on a journey into some un uncomfortable circumstances. It's not all about prosperity and me being happy and putting down my shame. We get past that stuff, and Jesus says, now go tell somebody else. You say, I don't know how to do that. Y'all ever met Moses? Man couldn't even talk. Had to get his brother to talk for him. God opened his mouth. And that man began to do things he never dreamed he would do. How does he do that? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. One word, content, man. It's been the word that's been on my mind all week long. Jeff, you got to learn to be content. Jeff, you got to learn, learn to be content. Rewind the clock two weeks ago. Y'all... We went on this trip to Las Vegas two weeks ago. Now, Compassion told us months ago, we're going to take our pastors in Compassion, and we're going to go to Las Vegas. We're like, why are we going to Las Vegas? That doesn't seem like a place where a bunch of pastors could go. Well, there's a church out there that's, that's meeting lost people, and they're doing it in a great way. Okay, that sounds good. And when you go to Las Vegas, they told us that you can get these amazing rooms, and if you go at the right time of year, man, it's cheap. Said, okay, sign me up. Let's go. Two weeks ago, y'all, the Lynch Squad staying at the Venetian. Come on, somebody. Let me. Venetian. Brother ain't never been nowhere past a Holiday Inn. Up in the 12th floor, looking out all over all of Vegas, man, seeing Trump Towers, MGM, Bellagio. Yes, I was standing there watching those fountains do like that. Come on. They made them things light up and twirl. And... Venetian. Wednesday morning, opened my eyes up at Patty Johnson's house. I woke up, I thought, I'm at Patty Johnson's house. This is not our home. I better get up and put some clothes on. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have any clothes. I don't have a toothbrush. I don't have any underwear. Let me put back on the clothes that I had on last night when I was mowing grass before, before the fire came. Let me put these nasty old shorts on and this shirt from 2017 Compassion Church where my people at sawed the sleeves right out of it, man. Let me put that back on, smelling like smoke, and let's go to the insurance company with my hair looking like that right there. Come on. Man, comparison. Compare and contrast those two worlds. Paul says, I know what it's like to be at the Venetian, and I know what it's like to put some smoky clothes on. We went to the, the insurance agent's office that morning, and then, then we left there. And, man, we didn't have anything, so we had to go get some, some stuff. We went to Target to pick up some toothbrushes and some, some clothes and get some stuff for the kids. I walked in there, man. I know those people thought, why they let this homeless man in here with his hair all like that and ain't brushed his teeth and, and got those clothes on from last night. Here's my point. When you're at the Venetian, when you're on the high end of things, it's easy to compare your life and start getting all haughty because you're up here and they're not. But when you're down here and you're kicking rocks, man, anybody been in a season in life when you've been kicking rocks, right? When you're in that spot where you're kicking rocks and you're looking around and everybody looks like they've got everything and you don't have anything, either way you go, the enemy is just destroying your mind. If you're up here looking down at them, he's making you prideful and arrogant. If you're down there, he's making you feel like you're nothing. What's the secret? Paul just told you. He said, I have learned to be content no matter what my situation. 
You know, sometimes we can make this out to be such a big thing of comparison on the, on the, on the polar opposites, on the extremes and the margins. But, man, that comparison game, it plays out on a Wednesday too, doesn't it? It's not just a weekend thing. Just on a normal everyday ride, riding through the countryside. Oh, look at those big houses. Yeah, that thing in your mind to start saying, oh, why, why, why don't you live there? You're not smart enough to make enough money to live there. Oh, Jeff, look at this church online. Wow, they have 14 campuses. And wow, look at all the people that's being saved. And look at their big building. Wow, if you were a better leader, your church could do this certain thing. I know, I know. And then you open up Instagram, and there's my friends. And they're, they're in Hawaii ziplining through the rainforest. Meanwhile, Jackie and the kids are saying, hey, can we go to Smith Mountain Lake and go to that fake beach there? Yeah, yeah, let's. Let's do that. The comparison monster, man. Man, is our life not good? Yes, it is. But when you start comparing it, the enemy starts chewing you up and you start feeling some type of way. What's the answer? The answer is learning to be content wherever we are. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. If you want to be a person that's filled with joy, you've got to stop playing that game. Um, one more, man, one more. I know this probably doesn't apply to anybody in here. We'll read it anyway. It's the thief of constant worry. Uh-oh, look at that. Mm. Thief of constant worry. Philippians 4. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He's talking to some people from a place where he is on house arrest, has had his freedom taken away from him. These people have left everything they've known. They're seen as weirdos in their community. What do you mean you're a follower of the way? Yeah, let me tell you about this Jesus. Isn't he the guy that died? Yes, he is, but he's the one who rose again too. They're like, okay, all right, you're one of those guys. He's like, look, it doesn't matter what they think about you. You know what God's done in your life? You've experienced Jesus. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And they're like, yes, we have. We know where he's brought us from. He's saying rejoice. Remember that. Rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I think when he says here that the Lord is near, like I know maybe the connotation is the Lord is coming back. But I want you to get it today that, that in your everyday 2021 world, Jesus is still near to you. He's not out there taking care of Mars and Pluto and Saturn. He's right here. We have a God who says, when you place your faith in me, I will come and dwell inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And he lives in you and he walks around with you if you're a follower of Christ. And he gives you instruction on where to go and where not to go. And then he says, in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What he's saying, man, is you got an opportunity. When that worry thing starts getting on you, don't worry about it. Pray about it. God, here's what's going on. God, I need your help. Don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, pray. Thank God for what he's going to do. Make your request known. I love verse 7. He says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Y'all, if you want to know if I was freaking out standing there in the front yard watching flames jump 20 feet out to our, our, our roof as our roof was disintegrating, yes, I was freaking out. I was freaking out, man. 
I'd love to tell you that, oh, no, I was cold as a cucumber. On the inside, man, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? What's going to happen? That's one of those scenarios where the thief of constant worry just wants to destroy your mind. And I'll be honest with you, man, there were, there were thoughts going through my mind about what if the insurance doesn't come through? What if this is going to financially ruin our family? Oh, my goodness, what have I done? What, have I, what kind of mess have I made? What, what, where are we going to live? All of those things show up, start running through your mind. But y'all know something? There's one good thing about having a gray beard. Having a gray beard means that you've been walking around on this planet for a while. And walking around on this planet for a while and, 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 and experiencing God for a while, getting that gray beard, man, that thing comes from a place of, of we've been through some things. And going through this, this last week, yeah, 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 that thief of, of constant worry wants to show up and he wants to wreck my mind. But God says, don't you remember, we've been through some things. We've gone through some things together. Don't you remember that situation that you thought was the worst day that could ever happen in your life? Didn't we get through that? Yes, Lord, yes, we did. Lord, don't you remember a few years ago, some of y'all have had people in your life, people who would said they would never leave you, left you. Did you get through it? Yes, you did. Some of you have gone through cancer. Have you gotten through it at least up to this point? Yes, you have. Some of you lost jobs last year. Are you getting through it? Yes, you have. Some of you have family that have walked away. Some of you are going through situations that nobody in this room would imagine. But God is saying to you, are we getting through it? And your answer back to him says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But if you're living in this world thinking that it's all up to me, then I can commiserate with you. If you're living with the understanding that you're in this all on your own, and if it's going to be, then it's up to me. If you think that you got to figure it out and you got to fight through it, you got to be smart enough, you got to make enough money, and you got to insure enough, my heart goes out to you because you're not going to be able to do enough of those things. You say, What do I do, Jeff? Well, here's what I want you to do I want you to understand that there is a thief of worry that wants to wreck your mind, that wants to steal your faith. How many times have I sat with people, good people who love Jesus, who've gone through some things, and they start talking about, about what that did to their faith? People ask me a lot of times, well, well, how do you keep your faith through this? I'm like, are you kidding me? It is only God that has carried me and picked me up and, and put one foot in front of the other through the whole thing. How do you keep going? How do you get through it? This is where the Lord says things like, I will hide my word, your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Those things from vacation Bible school start coming back to you, those verses you've memorized. When, when, when that verse starts coming back to your mind when you're struggling and you're worried and you know you can't handle it and you know you can't figure out every angle, and then the voice of the Lord starts coming out saying, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge me and I will make your path straight. Yes, Lord. God, I can't say, you don't have to do it. Get behind me. Let me lead. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Look at this quote from Corey Ten Boom. I love this. She says, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. 
And that's why some of you are living defeated lives. That's why every day you feel like you're crushed and you're broken because you're choosing to worry instead of choosing to worship. If you have a choice that the words in your mouth are going to be words of worry, that the, the thoughts of your heart are going to be, I'm scared, I'm worried, I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. I know there's a lot of things that I can't understand. And some of y'all might say, Jeff, you don't understand. It's easy for you to say that. I probably don't understand, but he does. And he knows what you're going through. If you give him the opportunity to walk with you, not only will he walk with you, he will walk ahead of you. The Word tells us that he goes before us. He cleans up messes behind us. He envelops us and is around us. And he is putting you in a bubble of protection that you can't do on your own. What's my point to all of this? There's no honor among thieves. And some of us today are in a place where we're living lives where the thieves, we've left the fences and the gates and the doors wide open in our heart and our minds and in our lives. And the thieves are stealing our joy. They're robbing us from the purpose that God created us for. And they are leaving us piled up in a heap when we're saying with our mouth, yes, Jesus, I love you, I trust you, I'll follow you anywhere. But we're not running the thieves off. What's my point? My point is this. Today is the day for you to begin the process of running the thieves out of town. You say, I don't know how to do that. Right. That's the point. The point is you can't do it. You cannot do this on your own. God might just allow those things to stay there long enough for you to realize that you are helpless against them. Would you stand to your feet right there where you are right now? I want you to just stand and close your eyes and no one looking around. I'm not sure what this spirit in this room is right now, but I know it's something, and it's something powerful. And there's some, there's some chains in this room. I can feel it this morning. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and just be quiet for just a moment. The Holy Spirit of God, wants to speak into your heart. Man, they sang that song a minute about here again. Just reminded me of times when Sunday rolled back around and it was time to come here again. And the world is waiting out there, but when I can, when I can get to this place, when I can lift my hands and worship the one who gave everything for me, when I can get to this place, be around people who love me, when I can get to this place where the genesis of my purpose, where the, the calling of my life begins to be played out, when I can get to this place, I've been through this before, and I'm here again, and he's telling me again, tell him, Jeff, tell him, Jeff, I've never failed you yet. There's some people going through some stuff. There's some people hurting in this room. Some of y'all may have come here today thinking that you came because you wanted to show support to Jeff and Jackie. Maybe you came because you're a first responder. Or I don't know why you came. But God got you here. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. And he wants to say to your heart right now, I know what you're going through. I love you. The road that you've been walking on is not the road that I paved for you. 
There's some people in this room right now that Jesus wants to say to you, I love you. But for you to begin to experience the best that I have for you, it's got to start right now with turning around. It's got to start right now with acknowledging that I'm going in the wrong direction. I am letting these thieves rob me of everything that God planned for me. What the enemy has planned for harm, he is bringing about to do harm in your life because you've not allowed God to turn you around so that he can turn it into victory. And if that's you right now and your feet are leading you in a direction that is a million miles away from God, hear the Holy Spirit of God and his voice that's saying to you right now, My child, come home. God, break their hearts this morning. God, break through the ice. Break through the layers. God, break through any chains that the enemy has put on their hearts and on their lives right now. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that for everyone that is crushed by the weight of circumstances that you will lift those loads. Holy Spirit of God, right now, I pray for those who are shackled by shame and guilt that you will let it fall off of them right now. Holy Spirit of God, we're going to sing. We're going to worship you. And I don't know what you want to do right now, Lord. I just don't know. I know there are people who want to say yes to you and want to be saved. I know there are people who want to be set free. But I don't know what you want to do. And until we figure it out, Lord, we're going to sing. And we're going to praise you. And we're going to worship. And Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to show up in this place and do whatever it is that you want to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.